What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Schlep as we continue to boil down Paul's letters one by one. We are working our way towards the end here, about maybe five to go or so. We had First Thessalonians last episode. Now we're back. Now we're here. Second Thessalonians, new letter, same church. Let's get down to it. Boiling down Second Thessalonians here on the Schlep. All right, all right, all right. Here we are in Second Thessalonians. The stove is on, the pot's on it. Let's boil it down as quickly and as succinctly as possible. All right, so this is Second Thessalonians. This is written to the same church that Paul wrote to in First Thessalonians. And uh, if we remember last time, First Thessalonians is an early book in the New Testament. Uh, one of the first correspondences from Paul's ministry to a church that he had planted. We think that 2 Thessalonians may have been delivered right on the heels of 1 Thessalonians because it seems like, and even though it's a confusing letter, it's a short letter, uh, but confusing letter, uh, does some twists and turns. Uh, we think that Paul wrote it as like a, a way to address some of the maybe confusion from his last correspondence in 1 Thessalonians. And if we could like get to the bottom of 2 Thessalonians, it's simply Paul wants to address this fascination that the Thessalonians have with the second coming of Jesus. Um, and he wants to clear something up. If you look at verses uh, 1 through 3 of the second chapter, it says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by a word of mouth or by a letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Do not let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. So Paul wants to address something. There seems to be a confusion that when the first letter went out and there was that section in chapter 4 about the second coming of Christ, that the church assumed that Paul has already predicted that the end had already come. And so you can imagine the hysteria that's uh, flooding the churches at that point. And so Paul wrote a letter back and he wants people to uh, keep in mind that the end hasn't come and that they shouldn't be easily swayed by such a thing. And I think it gets to the heart of something that's perhaps in the water uh, in Thessalonica as a city. There seems to be this overcooked fascination with the end times. Uh, maybe like even a superstitious um, activity, uh, you know, believing of the end times and how it's going to happen and has it already happened and we were left out and so on and so forth. And Paul knows, as we would know today, that this distracts and paralyzes us from a faithful Christian living today. And so Paul wants to address the church. He comforts them in chapter 1. He reminds them of the fruit of their walk with God, their ministry, his love for them. Then he tries to set the record straight in chapter 2 about this man of lawlessness, how the rebellion hasn't happened, uh, which pr uh, precludes the return of Christ, and so continue to work. And so he has this admonition starting in verse 13 for the church to stand firm um, so that they would continue in the work that they've been doing all along. And uh, there seems to be this lingering issue, like we saw in 1 Thessalonians, that some people are not working, that they're sponging off other people um, and their resources and their food, uh, because they just don't want to work because the end of Jesus, the end and the return of Jesus might be tomorrow. And so why bother with working today? And so Paul, uh, once again, asked them to consider to watch and to work. Watch for the end, but work in the meantime, faithfully for the cause of Christ. 
And I think that this is important for us today because I think there is still a fascination with the end times. There is, at the time of this recording, there is r rumors of wars out there uh, with this in increasing tension with Iran and what that might mean for escalation. There's economic uncertainty. Um, there seems to be some things happening uh, with ecology and global warming. And uh, th these things paralyze us. These things cause us uh, to maybe sift through some values of, is it worth going back to school? Is it worth digging deeper in my vocation? Is it worth so on and so forth if everything's gonna unravel tomorrow? And the, the thing that we get back uh, from the Apostle Paul to a letter in the first century, he would say it to us as well in the 21st century, is watch, but also work. Work faithfully unto the Lord. And I think this is what the, the wisdom of the church is, because as we get together, as we study the scripture together and organize ourselves for faithful action um, within our communities, um, it shapes us. Uh, to continue to trust one another and to continue to follow Jesus in a steady way and a steady development in the Christian life. Um, I, was, I came across a quotation uh, from a book I'm reading which talks about the importance of kind of the, the ordinary uh, walk with God that we find in the midst of a Christian community that helps us to not be so taken by the superstitions and some of the flashiness of what could be at the end times. Um, and this comes from a pastor um, who talks about the importance of church life. And he says this, We're not here so much to make spiritual progress each week, though that's wonderful when it happens. Rather, we mostly come for the consistency, for what remains the same from week to week, the comfort of the liturgy, the solace of the music, the reassuring sight of familiar faces, the enduring presence of ancient rites and timeless symbols. We're here to remind ourselves of values that unite us and commitments that keep us heading in the right direction. We're here to choose again what we chose before. And I think that is the wisdom of the church. I think that's what Paul is trying to give the people over to, is to trust the steady development of the Christian life. Sing our songs, pray our prayers, study the same scriptures, talk about them with one another, acknowledge the needs that we have, pray for one another, encourage one another, and keep moving forward as we watch for the return of Christ. So maybe that's the admonition for us today, is that you and I uh, would give ourselves once again to the common practices of the Christian life so that we can experience the bliss of being in community together as we share our common faith together. And so let me just close with a couple of uh, verses from 2 Thessalonians. This is part of the greeting that Paul gives to this church, and we notice his fondness for the church. He says this in verse 3, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith and all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. And what a great thought that this great uh, response and reputation billows from the Thessalonian church of a love for God. And may that be uh, our cause as well, that uh, as we go through the summer months and getting together and having meals and going to the lake together and hanging around pools together and uh, getting together to watch TV together and having meals together and uh, throwing the frisbee out in the front yard with people from church and people in our families, uh, that we would have this uh, sense that our love for one another and our love for God is growing and that would billow out into the community around us. 
So let's give ourselves that great work as we continue uh, to meditate on what the scripture means for us today. Uh, before we leave, just a reminder, I've got a blog going on joeskillen.com, and I've got different themes for different days of the week. And Thursdays, I call Technique Thursday. What I try to do is take those little sticky notes and to draw something, just a tool for developing uh, my Christian life. And so on Thursdays, what you'll get is just a few drawings with a Sharpie marker on some sticky notes, uh, just for some ways to meditate about how your faith's journey is going and some practical ways to make some changes. So hopefully you dial in on Thursdays for Technique Thursday. Well, that's all I have for now, friends. Uh, for, for this time, friends, on the schlep, I will see you next time. We're continuing to work our way through the pastorals, and we'll go to First Timothy on the next episode on the schlep.